and welcome to episode three of A View from the Dugout uh, with myself, Chris from Serer on a Budget, and my co-host Russ from at Scotland Serer. How are you doing tonight, Russ? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. How are you? Uh, how are you keeping with your uh, your COVID? Uh, well, I mean, it's keeping me company certainly. Um, I've uh, yeah, it's, it's really been kicking my ass the last few days. So um, if I don't sound my usual sprightly self, um, that's quite possibly why. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't miss uh, for our for our adoring audience, shall we say. <laughs> um, you know, week three calling it off wouldn't have been a, a good look. So I'm going to plug through uh, and just see how we got on. Um, and speaking of how we got on, um, when I came off recording the podcast last week, I had a quick nosy at um, the casual league, because that's all I had going in the middle of the week. And I was sitting first in the casual league, um, game week 259, which was a, a little bit surreal. Um, and then I was sat looking at every permutation. I went back about 300 places checking every team to see if anybody had players that were still to play. And um, there was a couple. And I was like, oh, no. And then there was one guy, I think it was for Marseille, gave away an error leading to a goal. And he was one of the ones that was the only ones that were threatening. And as soon as that happened, I was delighted. Um, but I got, a, a, from what people have said when, on the video that I did on YouTube, it looked like I got a card of myself. Um, I feel really offended for Gonzalo Higuain that people are going to compare him to looking like me. But um, yeah, that was that. That was quite surreal. Uh, but that was my only bit of luck over the last uh, week in terms of the, the game weeks. I, I hit the lower ETH again and my, the rest of my teams were abysmal, to be perfectly honest. How were you? Well, um, I was looking, obviously, and keeping an eye on your team. And, uh, you know, to be fair, it's, it's a great achievement um, winning, the, winning the casual league or a po- basically a podium with, with any of the leagues, but certainly winning the league and w- winning the casual league with so many entries. <laughs> Um, albeit you've got a, an amazing squad, but to be fair, you've still got to win it. The boys have still got to all do it and come together. Um, you got a prize, and there's a little bit of for, for any of the, the sort of newer guys or the guys that are on maybe a lesser budget. There's just proof of the pudding that you basically put a team out that cost you nothing that won you a prize in Gonzalo Higuain Limited. Was that right? Limited, yep. And I sold them for 105 quid, which I withdrew there and then. And it went, uh, well, part of it went to Christian because obviously he's three ways into the account. And uh, the rest of it went into the baby savings fund. So it's, uh, yeah, for absolutely nothing. And it was... It was 52 people shy of 100,000 entries as well. So, um, yeah, I was quite I was quite amazed by it. Um, I was pretty happy with it, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think I jokingly said on Twitter about the, uh, you know, it's quite surreal that the budget guy won the free league. Uh, so it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was surreal. The only, the only downside to me is that on their data, it doesn't show a one beside the the wee rosette to say that you've won something. <laughs> um, but because it's a casual league, it doesn't show up in their, in their data. So it is what it is. I was very, very happy with that. Um, but as I say, the rest of the weekend was a wee bit rough um, in terms of scores and just players letting us down as, as as usual kind of thing. So I had a couple of wee changes to the gallery. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I've picked up several limited cards. I've delved, uh, you know, delved right back into the limited markets, looking at the specialist league, and I've got one that's going to probably be in Asia or All Star, just depending on the the 
you know, the number of places that are versus the number of entries, basically. So um, I did notice a few more of the yellow cards appearing in your gallery. As I mentioned last week, there's a few more there. Are we, yeah. are we getting closer to entering? Well, basically, as well as obviously keeping an eye on you and uh, a lot of the guys that have kind of either signed up through me or that are sort of local or follow follow me on Twitter right regularly. I try and keep an eye on people's teams. Um, I also was keeping an eye on my own, and I was looking fantastic um, in a couple of the competitions. However, I was stung by a shock DNP, um, Facundo Almada at Rosario Central, who's been ever, he's been ever present. He was averaging around about seventy five, seventy six. This is a card that I picked up uh, around about seventy zero point zero seven to 0.08 ETH um, pre-season. He's been fantastic. And I picked up, as you know, I've got a Rosario stack with Vecchio, Almada, uh, Blanco, and I've just signed Ojeda as well. And I've got a few of the subs. They've been doing really, in the main, they've been doing pretty well. And they went into my MLS or America's team. And with that, you know, I had a strong team. I knew I had a strong team. I had favourable fixtures. And four out of the five delivered. And if if Almada had even, I think, scored 35 to 40 points, I would have been top 20. Yeah. So I ended up with nothing other than the customary upper threshold victory. And this week, uh, again, just, I suppose, like many sort of gallery owners, I've just been rejigging and tinkering and, you know, keeping certainly keeping a lot of my main European players, but also some of the guys that are, maybe not quite so essential for the gallery. I've been moving a few on and we've spoken episode one and episode two about the new competitions and the limited. And I've decided to move, like you say, you know, I'm not moving in with any great force. I'm I'm buying really what I class as sort of high value budget players, you know, really cheap. None of your big names that I've got in the rares. However, I have managed to buy a couple of teams in anticipation for the upcoming competitions. And the one thing that attracts me probably the most is that in one of the limited competitions this week, you can win rare cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the specialist one, um, I mean, I think when I had a look at it earlier, that it's star, it's, it's tier one, it's stars and then tier ones that, that the prices are. And I think that's, you know, that's a huge incentive. It's the way that people can progress in the game, I think. And um, I mean, if I want a star rare, geez, I'd, I mean that that would be enormous, you know. What I mean, like that would really be enormous to to win a star rare. I think it's the same for anybody. I don't think it really matters what budget you're playing on. If somebody, if you win a card that's worth four figures or more, then you know I, I, that, that's enormous, you know. And um, having the opportunity to do that with a limited team that's maybe only going to set you back, you know. Like I, th- I think the two the two teams I've bought um, are just over. I think it's point one one or point one two that I've managed to buy two full teams for. And they're decent players. It's all Asia because I figured, well, I'll get my money's worth out of it because they're going to be running until November. So I decided to, to run with that. Um, underdog, I haven't got enough players for the underdog one yet. Um, that's going to be something I'll have a look at. But I did notice that this week, they, what Serea seem to be doing is they're rotating some of the competitions and some of the, you know, the limited ones seem to be pretty fixed that they're going to be the limited specialist and the underdog. But this week, there's an underdog super rare. And then there's also one that I believe you've got a team into, which is the specialist rare. Um, that, for anybody who's not had a wee look at it yet, 
you're actually winning, um, the top 20 are going to be winning at Super Rares. The first place wins a Tier 1 Super Rare, and that could be enormous, uh, again, in terms of value. And then some Tier 2s, some Tier 3s, and then it's Tier 3 Rares. But that's, a, again, it's going to be one that's not necessarily capped by budget because you can only have one card over 60 for the last 15. So you're not going to have a whole team of Mbappes and Neymars and Messis like, you know, you see in some of them. So I think that could be a good shout for people, you know, as I say, on a, a the lower end, but you are going to need a rare goalkeeper in that one, aren't you? Yeah, that was one of the things I looked at this week when I, I always basically, you know, I've, I've got enough of a gallery to put in arguably five, six, sometimes seven at a real push teams, just simply because of the plain goalkeepers that I've amassed through extensive trading. And this week, one of the things that I looked at on the prize pool was that the rare um, the rare specialist just seemed more attractive to me than, say, for example, the Asia Pro. Yep. Or the Asia Rare. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I decided to have a look at it and I've I've opted to put my team in there rather than the, the Asia this week. So you know, it's like everything else. I've got five, six teams. I know I'm I'm fully aware that a couple of my goalkeepers are coming to the, the end of their utility uh for a few, you know, for a few months with a with the summer break because they are European. I'm sitting with uh, you know, I'm very fortunate I'm sitting with three three keepers that we'll be able to use over the summer. But this week I thought, do you know what? We'll give it a we'll give it a try. Uh, the numbers that are at the moment possibly, you know, will increase maybe slightly when other people have listened to the podcast and maybe revisit it themselves. But yeah. in the main, the numbers that are in for 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 the competition seem quite a realistic chance of potentially contesting it. I think if and that's the thing, if you've got a half decent team going into it, and I mean obviously you'd have a decent selection to choose from. Um so that would hopefully Hopefully we'll get some prizes between the two of us this week. I've I did obviously notice that the Asia League is halved in terms of the prize pool, but I did have a wee look at that. It's obviously due with the the ACL competition, so the, there's only seven games in the J League this week, and there's no games in Korea until the beginning of May. So the the Asia League is going to sit a little bit lower for the next uh, few weeks. So I've taken four of my under twenty threes. And put them into the under-23 league. So I've got four starting... Well, one should be starting this week. Uh, Nakashima, hopefully he's starting this week after his goal at the weekend. Um, but that would it's, it's four very strong under-23s. Uh, and I've got the uh, the boy Philip Kahn, I think his name is, uh, from uh, Salzburg. So, and he's on a... I think he's only on a minus 40%. For, for the common goalkeeper. So I'm going to get a fair chunk if they keep a clean sheet. That's the better part of 40 points I'll get from him. So it's half a shot and it was 150 prizes as opposed to just the 60 in Asia. So I've just split down my team this week a little bit to try and enter some more. This is the record number of leagues that I've entered this week and it's six. And all six of them are, you know, I wouldn't say they're all contenders, but they're all certainly, you know, they're all starting players. Um and it'll, it'll be very interesting to see where it, you know, where it all shakes out. I'm hoping for something in the limited ones just to kind of back my faith in it so that I don't go next week and I've, I come on here week four and say, yep, I've ditched all the limiteds. Limiteds <laughs> can do one <laughs> um, again, like I've, I've done in the past. But I think, you know, when you're able to pick up a, a card and it's costing you five quid and you're genuinely able to enter it into a competition, 
I don't think that that's a bad thing. The only downside to the limiteds, and this is purely uh, in terms of when you're buying your team, is the goalkeeper costs are still quite high. And that's going to be the case. But, I mean, I bought one goalkeeper for about 80 quid and the other one was a trade, but he's actually worth about 130. So you're needing to, um, you are still needing to invest a little bit to get, you know, the right combination of players to fit into into there. But in terms of looking at new players, um, just to kind of move on from the, you know, the new SO5 leagues, there was uh, some new coverage came in this week. Um, there was the Chilean league appeared uh, with extra cover uh, with new coverage and one Chilean team were in, uh, came up and then tonight, or to say tonight as we're recording, this is Wednesday, there was a, another Peruvian team came in. So I believe you've got a little bit of uh, background for those. Yeah, just basically the two new teams. So you've got uh, Cienciano from Peru, they're sitting third in the third in the league at the moment. Quite a strong team, so it makes sense to have a look at have a look at their players. There'll not there'll not be many names that will be familiar, probably to certainly predominantly to our European listeners, etc. Um, but like everything else, if you're picking up these cards, these are all new mints and they've not been in the game before. So you know, I think that it meant you know some of them are mint sort of player one, two, and three at the moment still. But yeah, if you have these players. First and foremost, there's a chance that they come in, they do well, and then you can flip them for, you know, maybe double the money. But also the fact that if you've got the mentors in a team, the chances are there's only going to be another two or three managers that have got that card. So they go and score 75 plus. It's quite unique feeling in the fact that you know that you've got that score and there's not another 5,000 or 2,000 managers have got that. So absolutely. Cienciano from Peru were one of the teams. And the other one, which probably I think is probably slightly more exciting from a longer term perspective, uh, Cruzados. So Cruzados are Deportivo Universidad Catalica, just in case you're wondering who's Cruzados. And Cruzados, basically, there it translates to um, the Crusaders, Crusaders yeah. in, in Spanish. Now, they're a good team. They are probably the third, arguably the third most successful team in Chile. So you're, 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 you're buying a bit of reputation there. They've won the league the last four seasons. So it makes sense, you know, to have a look at their players. Um, I will feature one uh, later on in the in the pod, just as part of my uh, one to watch. But yeah, good. Probably two unusual additions, uh, both South Americans. So there'll be lots of the European-based sort of listeners and the UK-based listeners. You know, the players will all be completely new names. So it's going to, you know, it's going to be advantageous to get on, you know, Transfer market, sofa score, all these kind of websites. Have a little look. Have a little look actually at the leagues and to see who's playing. Look for some of the young guys that are sitting on the bench that maybe haven't had minutes, but they're repeatedly on the bench. So the manager's got trust in them to be involved at some point. So I think there's um I think there's some opportunities definitely there with the with the new clubs. And like everything else, I think I'm pretty certain that's the first club from Chile. Yeah, yeah. It said that it was so basically it's brand new coverage. Um by the time I saw it, um, I kind of, I think I'd woken from a, you know, a, a COVID-induced sleep <laughs> and uh, I seen that it was there. I didn't have the opportunity to actually look and see if there was any, you know, players that were actually in the game already that moved to Chile that might have been worth trying to see about, you know, quickly picking up. Um, as has happened in the past when new leagues have made an appearance into the game and, you know, you've got a red cross against some of the players and all of a sudden, that's that's not relevant anymore. Uh, but yeah, no, I think just to touch on something you mentioned there earlier, 
one of the things that I kind of got, um, I say lucky, you know, it was obviously researched and things like that, but with the Austrian league and the Turkish league, when they came in, I was buying some of their players quite early on in terms of the low mints, as you mentioned. So, you know, there was only maybe, I say a dozen of a card on the market uh, or available, not necessarily on the market, but just available. And, if that player went on a two or three game, you know, spell of scoring good uh, points, their average is through the roof and there's only 12 people that they could buy that card, anybody could buy that card from. And if you're talking 100,000 people and only 12 of them available, it attaches a premium to them. So yeah, 100%, if you have a look at these cards and see if there's any, um, I'll be 100% honest, I haven't. I genuinely just haven't had the energy to do to do that as of yet. Um, I will do. I've got time on my hands for the next few days um so i will be definitely delving into that there's a, there was one thing just in terms of just talking about the red crosses against things it was something just as we're waiting you know slide on to the next topic but um i was having a little nosy today and i seen that a player from one of the i think it was from rapid uh vienna had moved to schalke in germany and obviously schalke are sitting in the second tier at the moment and um obviously that's now meant that he's got a red cross against them but I had a look at the league and I did notice that Schalke are actually top of the of the Bundesliga too. So it's it's a very, very tight league. There's every chance that they could completely miss out just in the course of one game. I think there's only two points between the top four. But it's going to be worth having a look at some of these leagues where there's teams that are away to come up and they are still in the game, you know, and they have players within the game. Um, I had a little nosy, the, the Schalke goalkeeper just now, um, if they stuck with the same goalkeeper, he's sitting at about point two just now. Um, it's sitting about two uh, point two uh, just now, and I think it's point two two. And there's quite a few uh, players like that, so it's worth having a worth having to be nosy at some of these leagues that are coming towards an end, and teams have been relegated. I think obviously like the Dutch and the Belgians, there might be some some players amongst there. You'll find some in my gallery already. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure you're very I've, well prepared for that stuff. I've um, uh, I've identified quite 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 a few of the the clubs that are either going to be strongly in contention or or, or they're contesting like playoffs and things. So I there will be a few players and certainly in my gallery at the moment they've got a little red cross that you know I just keep an eye out for them and like everything else if the if, if I see that someone's been listed for. You know something nominal. By nominal, I mean something absolutely affordable to anybody that's playing in the rare market, i.e., under zero point zero two five or zero point zero three. If I spot a player and they're not coming to the end of their career, and they're not coming to the end of their contract with that club, and it's looking like that club's coming up, then I just buy them because you know I, I landed lucky quite a few times last season. Um, I think four or five of the players that I managed to snap up. From the from the lower leagues that eventually got promoted, and um, everyone was eventually sold for profit. And it's all, I think, you know, we've we've mentioned obviously earlier there that we are putting in. You know, I think what, what did you say? You're putting in five, six teams this week. Six teams, yeah. So you're putting in six teams this week, and I'm putting in. I think it's seven teams plus. I'll have a limited team going in for the first time, and I've got one in the special rare as well. So I've probably arguably got maybe eight, nine teams going in this week. But incidentally, this still has this, this is completely doable for anybody that's listening. Because at the end of the day, whether it was you know marginally over four figures for, for myself or 300 quid from you, it's all relative in the fact that you can still trade your way with 
you know, good acquisitions, clever acquisitions, genuinely putting some time into the game and putting some time into what you're buying. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't blindly go into, you know, an electrical store knowing absolutely nothing about a television or a washing machine or something like that and just pick the first one because it was the cheapest. You know, you would people, you would do some research and it's the same with Surreal. Yeah. You're buying an asset that you're going to use. So you want to buy something that, you know, that's going to be of use to you within the game to help you actually win. And absolutely. I think that's part and parcel that certainly for a lot of the new managers and players that are coming on board and they'll message you probably even more so than myself but I get so many messages still about should I buy him um who should I buy you know you know are they any good and just so many sort of general random sort of questions um but like everything else sometimes what I have noticed that Surreal to its detriment as a, as a platform some of the players are sometimes a little bit slow in either getting the red cross or they've been, for example, um, they're still coming up in the wrong filters. So an example would be the guy that joined Nottingham Forest. I think his name was Laris Mabila. Somebody that joined Nottingham Forest, I'm pretty sure. And he was still coming up in the MLS filter for month after month. Um, I think uh, Tree Thorn, that uh, the lad from Thailand, was still coming up in the, you know, he'd moved to the Thailand league and he was still coming up in the, in the, the J-League filter. And yeah. sometimes that can be a little bit confusing for for new players to the game. And that's something that could be maybe maybe slightly tightened up. I would agree. It's, it's one of those things, like you say, I, I think always, um, from all my videos that I've done, um, also everything I say on uh, Twitter, and even in DMs, I've said it to people, it's like, you know, if, if somebody does ask my opinion on a player, I'll give it. But I also say, you know, at the end of the day, it's your money you're spending. So even with, you know, our players that we recommended, you know, we'll come to that at the end of the, the end of the podcast. Uh, and the players we recommended last week, you know, it's your money. We're we are researching these players. We are looking into the details of them before we recommend them. However, that's purely a recommendation. It's you know, it's go and do your own research. Look at SofaScore, look at Transfer Market, look at Surveyor, look at Surveyor Data, look at any possible platform you can to try and find out a little bit more about these players to make sure that you are making the right decision. And I wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, that's like anything on the transfer market. If you're just doing your own, you know, without you know looking at anybody else's information, um, any purchase you make. Make sure it's well thought out. Um, I had one, and I'll hold my hands up to it, on Saturday, no, Sunday morning. Um, the Considol team came out, and uh, Karoke wasn't in the lineup. And about 20 minutes later, they posted up saying that he was out with a meniscus tear. He'd had surgery. He's going to be done for three, four months, possibly. And um, I was like, God, right, okay, well, that was one of my strikers. So then I, I instantly bought... Um, Gabriel Xavi, I think his name is. And he's terrible. He's really, really terrible. But I bought him and I was like, right, okay. I don't actually want him. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I was an inst- it was an impulse buy and I ended up, I traded him for the goalkeeper. I've got him a limited league this week and he's actually worth more. But the guy wanted him and that was what we traded with and that's where it worked out in my favour. But sometimes those impulse purchases do come back to haunt you. And, um, you know, it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't entirely unthought out but it was something I did on the spur of the moment to buy I was like I'll quickly buy him before 
you know, and then he got subbed after about 40 minutes and the young lad came on and scored. <laughs> so you're like, right, okay, well, you know, it's, it's, it is making sure you do the right thing. It's your money at the end of the day. And it's quite easy when it just sits at 0. 0.04 or 0. 0.045 to not look and see that that's 100 quid or 110 quid or whatever. And you just splash it with the press of a button. So, yeah, I mean, that just in terms of looking at the the main subject we're going to kind of cover on the podcast this week, where we're obviously discussing beforehand, talking about, you know, the transfer market, new users, existing users. Um, and yeah, I mean, what was, you know, your gen- it, was, it was Russ's idea for to discuss the transfer uh, market side of things. And uh, I think it's a very good idea. So I will pass it over to you, Russ, to, to get started on the conversation. Yeah, just but just before I do, I, I knew yeah. there was a player that went to Nottingham Forest. I'll apologise to Laria uh, Laris uh, Mabiala and giving him a transfer. <laughs> uh, it was Richie, Richie Laria mm. uh, that was coming up in the filters, and I knew I was close. I had, I had the first and the, the surname uh, the other way around, and I knew there was certainly one that had left the MLS to join Forest. But yeah, like you say, um, I've been speaking to a lot of new users probably in the last two weeks. Uh, got a, little, a couple of little group chats and things like that where guys just throw in questions and things. And one of the things that actually came up was just around the transfer market. So most people will know, but just in case you don't, there's obviously the two marketplaces in where you can actually buy players. So there's the new card auctions where we're all buying uh, the, the mints from Surreal. And ultimately, that's where Surreal will receive the money. And Surreal then obviously put that money and pull that money into all the lovely prizes and Ethereum, et cetera, that we can, we can win. And obviously, that pays for the running costs of probably the entire platform, the game, blah, blah, blah. Then there's the manager sales element, which is where we do, I would probably say, Chris, I think, fair to say, we both do the majority of our business, if not 95%. Yeah, I, I I agree. The only reason I went on the auctions this week was to get the cheaper, uh, not the cheaper, the 2022 cards for the, the J-League. Uh, but yeah. beyond that, I've almost exclusively bought from, from other managers. Yeah, so so where you're in that, when users are buying the manager sales, you're buying from basically somebody else, another sort of person from within the game. And one of the things that uh, a friend of mine messaged and said was, first and foremost, was that he didn't realise that you could actually send offers for players that weren't listed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, really basic thing. And I've never really thought about it. And of course, you know, you, you maybe, if you're selling lots of cards or you've got a card that's in really good form. So a prime example for me is the moment I won Jack Elliott as a, as a prize. And he's one of the sort of better America's MLS defenders. And Jack Elliott, I, I genuinely, honestly turned down He's not listed. <laughs> I use them. And I honestly turn down offers at least maybe two or three times every single day. Now, he's not listed. And this is one of the things that the, 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 the transfer market out there, ultimately, you can send an offer for any card, whether they're listed or not. However, I think that there's, a, there's an element of community etiquette that I think most managers kind of adhere to. So we've got features within the game to list at minimum prices. We've got features within the game to block managers, etc. And one of the things that came up this week was I use Discord and I'm you know widely available on Discord, whether it's for advice or whether it's for to discuss player negotiation, etc. But I try to, where possible, I don't know about you, but I try to, where possible, sell lowest on the market. If I'm, if I'm genuinely got no need for the card anymore, as long as it's still going to return me uh, at worst break even, but genuinely, uh, you know, a profit of, of, of some sort, I'll happily sell lowest. But what I won't do 
is it won't sell for half the price of Lois. And this week, I had a, I had a chap just basically send me a message in Discord. And it wasn't even a case of introducing himself or saying hello. It was just a case of, I've sent you an offer. So I went and had a look at it. And it was, it was actually 40% of the player value. Now, there's nothing wrong with the player. the player. The player's good. I just don't need him anymore. So I went back, you know, quite simply and just said, look, you've just sent me, a, you know, what I would class as an insult, not an offer. Um, sorry, zero interest in selling at that. <laughs> the message I got back, back was, okay, I'll, I'll up it by 0.0002. So, you know, that's where basically, for instance, for, for me, the, the, the etiquette of the game, um, maybe, you know, doesn't come fully into play as such. And, you know, I'm one of these people that if someone sends me now an offer of less than 50%, I ultimately block them on Surreir because I don't want my time wasted by, you know, increments of one. And I don't want my time wasted by by people that are trying to... I don't know whether people see it as they're trying to, you know, do a fast one or grab too much of a bargain. I really don't know the mentality of, of, of offering something of 40% or if someone genuinely just has no ETH and his chance in their arm. Yeah. However, I think, you know, within the community from from when I joined, and that, that's just over a year now, I think most people come in at, you know, even if they're trying to get a player slightly cheaper, they'll come in at maybe about 80%, 85%, you know, of the actual value. And they'll maybe say, you know, they'll maybe do the old, oh, the last one sold on Surreal Data. Now, I'm one of the managers out there that I couldn't give a monkeys. I don't know about you, but I couldn't give a monkeys what the last one on Surreal Data. I kind of value my player on what I think is realistic. And if it's the cheapest on the market, then I believe I'm giving somebody a decent deal. I think some of the times where the, the Surreal Data last sales, you have to be aware. I mean, I've got David Bates sitting there, for example, and his... Uh, his last sale was 0.034 or something, and it was Bologna, one of the bots that bought him. Uh, somebody's mispriced him and sold him for less than half his value. And so I've had a few offers where people have sent me like 0.03 for a card that I've got listed at like 0.06 or 0.07. And I'm like, I, I, have a look and see who bought it. I mean, the other one I know was, what was it, Crypto Spider, the one that bought my Brad Guzan, and I killed the Brad Guzan market for about a week because I'd uh, I'd sold them for a fraction of the price. And, um, you know, sometimes these these prices are still included within that average, and it does, it kills it kills the, the value. So when somebody does try to come and offer you, because it happened with one of the other players, I think it was Kakita, um, somebody had sold one for 0. 0.02 or something like that, and it was a 0. 0.1 card, and... Um, all of a sudden, people were actually selling for 0 0.07 and 0 0.08. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're actually undervaluing your assets. And yeah. I think that's one of my biggest bugbears is one, you know, you'll see, and I, I see the same names, and I've actually seen people we both communicate with um, posting up, and they always go under by 0 0.001 or whatever. I'm like, why are you devaluing your assets? You know, do you? It's not a half price sale. Do you know what I mean? I think there's there's a bit of give and take, you know, between what people are listening for, but also what they're offering. My my general philosophy is don't offer something you wouldn't accept yourself. Um, and I mean, yeah, you can get cheeky sometimes. And I mean, if, if I've only got, say there was one last week, I think at some point, I only had 0 0.05, so let's say. And the guy had the player listed for 0 0.06. And the closest I could get was 0 0.05. So I thought, do you know what? I'll send it by a message on Discord this is literally all I've got. Is it acceptable? 
if not, no problem, you know, no harm, no foul. And he came back and he actually accepted it. And I can't remember who it was for, but that, you know, but sorry, my brain's a wee bit fuzzy from all the COVID stuff. But um, yeah, no, there was, uh, so sometimes that happened. But when you get ones that do, as you say, come through at like 40% or or worse. I mean, I've had it today. I have noticed one big thing, Russ, and that is that the limited market is extremely liquid. Um, I mean, I've, I've put up uh, the goalkeeper, Kim, from uh, Serrazo Osaka, and I've had countless offers today for him. And yeah. um, and I've got the lowest one on the market, and it's one of the higher percentage ones on the market. Um, so I'm kind of holding firm on my price. Now, I could take it off and put a minimum on it, but if somebody comes close to it, then I'll, I might well sell them and buy a cheaper goalkeeper like Sugeno or something like that. But the um, yeah, it's, it's just, I think you're right. It's It's you know, just the insulting stuff. And I, I mean, you did send me a screenshot of that conversation and I did laugh um, because, but it's, it gets to the point where it's frustration. Eh? Where it's, I mean, I've, I've said, I've had ones where I've, I could pull them up on discord and post screenshots up um, where I have just been pretty rude to somebody. Um, and I, it's just through frustration where somebody's sending you like 20 and 30% of a price. And you're like, are you for real? Like, what's the point? So you wouldn't, that would be a big deal. Your, your own, you know, your own assets cheaper. Yeah. You know, if if you're putting a PlayStation on eBay, you know, and you can like you can offer on that, for example, and you were putting, you know, a PlayStation or an Xbox that was worth two hundred quid. If if somebody sent you an offer of ninety five for it, you're not going to take it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. what difference is it in in Syria? And for me, there's no difference. No, um, it's you know an asset, whether it's whether it's a trading card, whether it's a Panini sticker, whether it's an asset, a digital one you know, a car, a house, people aren't going to, unless someone's absolutely desperate for money, um, people aren't going to accept. And I I just feel it's just, one of the things that would be great would be obviously a little free type box within the offer system, within Surveyor. Now, I'm not sure how how, how easy that um, is at this stage of the the platform now to to integrate. If that if it had been very early days, then probably would have been something that the development team um, would have coded in really quickly. But that would certainly be it would be really handy. You've also got the you've, we do, we do have a, a percentage of the user base that that don't have Discord and they don't have any you know and they don't have any social media. So you know you look and they're sending you offer after offer after offer and you reject, reject, reject. There's no way of communicating with these people, which is difficult because sometimes you might look for a deal with something they have in their gallery, but you can't ask them without actually sending, you know, an offer back, which then you comes back as rejected because you think they think you're now being cheeky. Yeah. So there are flaws within the with within the transfer system in my eyes in relation to that. It would be, as I say, fantastic if there was just something um, that you could free type in. Um, and obviously, I'm aware that you know we've got the language barrier, for example, to get over between all the different languages. But at least if there was something, um, I think it would be maybe a starting point for maybe maybe slightly more transactions, and that might be more beneficial if Surreyor if and when they introduce a, like a gas charge, I guess, or a fee charge for the secondary market. Um, that would be beneficial to them as a platform if there was a way of communicating managers because ultimately more deals in theory should happen, I would have thought. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything else on the on the I mean, just, just just to touch on that, I mean, just a chat box or just a, you know, a message box, that sort of thing, that would be a, a huge step forward. We're not looking for like an actual chat platform, but just a box you could type in 
you know, where you could reply back when you reject the offer or what have you. So you could reject back or even a counter offer, you know, something like that. You know, but even as I say, something as simple as a chat box or message box back. Um, if because I've had that as well, where guys are getting close, they're getting very close to where I would accept an offer, but you can't, they've got no Discord or Twitter account, you know, attached to their actual Serena account. So you can't just say to them, look, if you can get this 15 quid higher, is yours and you can't and then all of a sudden it cuts off and then you sit there and think man if you know should i have just taken that for the sake of the the 10 quid difference or something on a 200 pound sale and you're like well actually no you know it was my set price that's where i was comfortable at you know because at the end you've got the ideal only works if it you know is if it's good for both sides you know that's that's one of the things i kind of always look at so the like that goalkeeper and xavier trade that i did the other day the guy had actually offered me uh, ETH plus a player and I went and had a look at his gallery because it didn't work for me, but I had a look at his gallery and he'd had that goalkeeper. So I sent him the trade off and he took it. So it was obviously a deal that worked for him and it worked for me because I got my goalkeeper and he got a, a rare striker. So, but yeah, no, that yeah. would be something I would definitely, I'd like, I think, I think everybody would like to see that. Eh? Yeah. I think it's a, I think it would be a, a massive win-win. Um, if you think just, in theory, how many deals have been lost because of that process? So, you know, I know myself that I've, like you say, been close or, you know, think thought, oh, do you know what, if you added that card and even reduced the eighth that you were sending, yeah. I would maybe accept that. But with um, without the way of communication within the game for, for certain sort of gallery owners or managers, whatever you want to class them as, um, there are deals that often, often, often break down. One of the other sort of final points on the, the transfer market, and again, some of the new managers um, won't know about it, but there's obviously older heads and sort of earlier adopters like ourselves that do. Um, and that's the the trading cycles and liquidity part of the game. So, you know, you, I've seen bits and bobs on social media this week with people saying, oh, my, you know, my, my galleries, you know, it's 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 bombing at the moment. It's uh, it's a race to the bottom, et cetera, et cetera. And that's quite simply because they're holding predominantly European cards. And two of the things that I think are are, are really important in the game are first and foremost the the cycles, the cycles of buying and selling. So it's now a great time to be buying European cards because they've reduced as say uh, a manager has 12, 13 cards in their gallery. And there'll be, I would, I would expect there'll be thousands of guys that have got between maybe ten and twenty cards in their gallery. Uh, I know that the data and the figures are sort of widely available on Surreal data, but these guys are ultimately now looking at a summer of either watching or freeing up, selling some players to invest in the Asia or the Americas market, which obviously has expanded. We've spoke about it today. There's now Peruvian teams, Chile, Mexico, Argentina. Um, some of those leagues are, are, are actually also coming to a close. But, you know, you can look at that and think, well, the liquidity in the market, people are freeing up money. So there are some great European bargains to be had. But ultimately, if you hold exclusively European cards, you're looking and going, what's happening to my gallery? How come this player that I've paid £500 for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only getting 300 for him now? Well, it's because he's only got a handful of games left and we're not going to see him again until till August. So... Couple of things that I think are, are quite good strategies. It might be too late for some of the newer managers at the moment, but try and get into sort of thinking ahead, uh, ideally sort of three months, four months ahead of what you're looking to, to, to buy. So, for instance, right now, you'll notice in my gallery, I'm starting to pick up 
young European players, um, sort of really big hitter Europeans. If I, if I spot them and they're you know significantly cheaper than say maybe two months ago, I'm starting to look at those markets. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, value to be had um, in the Russian market. I know it's not the most popular thing to say, but at the end of the day, it's just a game. These are just football NFTs. The guys with a little Russian flag on them, they're not at war themselves. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of value to be had in that market. And ultimately, the Russian league for the remainder of this season will continue. I know a few people have said, oh, do you think it'll, you know, do you think it'll cancel, et cetera, et cetera. And I've said, well, no, I don't. But what I would say is that if you are buying players from the Russian league, buy Russian nationals because there's not really the... You know the the issue of uh, not playing due to the, the sort of the conflict and things that's going on. So there's a bit of value there. And another note I would probably say would be in relation to Pavel Trader. So Pavel Trader's the big trading account uh, on on Surair that you you know if you're looking at the galleries, there's you know thousands of players. I don't I don't know how many players he's got now, but he's certainly got thousands of players. And what you can do with Pavel, and I don't think he really answers his Discord very often, um, certainly doesn't want inundated with messages to, to, to my knowledge, but Pavel Trader will allow basically you to send your cards with, uh, you've ultimately got to send somewhere in between probably 15 and 25% in his favour in total value. But what it does allow you to do is it allows you to send cards from leagues that are closing, et cetera, of players that you have that maybe have no use in five, six weeks' time, and you can swap them. Um, now, it, it might not be absolutely perfect scenario because you may look and think, well, I've paid a lot of, a lot of money for that player. Um, but ultimately, if it's given you utility over the, uh, over the summer months, then that's a chance to win cards, chance to win prizes, chance to win the 0.02 for the next um, the next two, three months. Whereas if you're just sat with that dead gallery of European guys that aren't playing, then um, you're not gonna, you, you know, you're not gonna progress within the game. So, you know, I think these things are are pretty important. Liquidity, communication between the managers is great. So if you don't have Discord and you're listening, it is a good tool. Yeah, you will get some offers and you will get some spam messages, but ultimately it's a, it's a good way of just communicating and trying to get a deal over the line. And as I say, if you're sitting with maybe four or five cards that, that don't have any utility, it might be that you send four or five cards and you pick up three cards from uh, from Pavel's gallery. And I think the one key thing with Chris with Pavel's gallery is that there's so many people use it um, that there's new players in there all the time. Yeah, I mean it's it's a constant uh, it's a constant rolling account basically. I've had, I've been keeping an eye on it recently. Just it was particularly for the limits, just to see what I could pick up in terms of goalkeepers, um, just because of the premium attached to them. And I had a couple of rare cards that I was kind of looking to sell, but if I was able to get a trade, I would do it. Um, I mean, on that note, I'm a year ago now. I got that big trade that included um, Marquez from Atlas. Uh, Jeremy Marquez. Yeah. Jeremy Marquez. Yeah. Jeremy Marquez. And then I had him sat there and I did the same thing. I sat there and waited and waited and waited. And I was like, no, he's going to be, you know, the nest egg and you come back over the summer and everything. But it's it's really true what you just said. You know, if you're sitting with a card that has, you know, no utility for a few months or even two months, because I mean, some of the leagues are going to have shorter summers this year because of the, the winter World Cup and stuff. But if you've got, um, you know, a, a player sitting there idle for two or three months, 
you know, you're as well having cards that you can actually win ETH because bear in mind, um, if you're running a common goalkeeper, you've only got until August for to do that. So yeah. you might want to try and bank as much of that ETH as you possibly can in the meantime to try and get yourself a goalkeeper um, for after after the summer. And um, having dead wood sitting there, you know, yeah, it'll come back around in a few months' time. But if you can't afford to have those players sitting idle, like I'm fortunate this year, I've got seven or eight European cards that I will not sell and I'll keep them over the summer. Um, and, you know, I might actually sell them before the start of the summer leagues, you know, so, or, sorry, the winter leagues as such, you know, the, the normal European leagues. I might actually sell them come June or July. That might be a trading video down the line, but I might sell a lot of those cards and then just sit back on that for another two months or so and then start buying back in when their players are back at a reasonable level because they will boom and they'll come back down to a normal level again. So in that boom, I might well sell them and just run with my Asia players and then do the same. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's just a, it is a cyclical. Um, the, the cycles, you can't necessarily look, you can look at history as a, as a, a, a rough guide. But I don't think the the dips are going to be as severe, but I think the spikes will be because there are so many more managers compared to this time last year. So although the although the spikes might be, you know, they, they might go in a similar f- format, I think it will be a little bit different. It's just, you know, my my take on on the, the cycles. But um, yeah, Pavel, have a look at it. Um especially if you're a low gal, you know, a low value gallery or a low investing uh manager. It can seem really harsh to be sending twenty percent or twenty five percent more than a player's worth to get them, but look at the bigger picture. That's what I would say. It's just look at the bigger picture. Does that mean you can get a team entered and you could look to win ETH on a weekly basis, if not by you know, you know, twice a week, um, but most of the time will be weekly um, if you're on a smaller gallery. So that would be my my, my take on that. Um, and, and speaking of looking at players, uh, Russ, will we touch on uh, last week's five to watch? Yeah, so start, I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll start with me. Um, I suggested five players based on, predominantly it was based on their fixtures, but there was one or two that were slightly longer term. Samuel Granser is a player that I, I've just, I think he's just going to get better and better. Um, I do hold one in my gallery. I recommended him last week and he duly delivered with a, a nice, very dark green 80 score. Um, just to give you an idea of value, he was £100 at the, the time of the podcast. And when I looked, it was actually yesterday, it was going to cost you about 165 to buy him um, yesterday. So he's gone up, you know, quite a bit of value there. Memo Rodriguez didn't have his didn't have his best game, unfortunately. So just you know, goes to show you that not everything um, not everything that glitters is gold. However, he scored twenty three. However, his value slightly rose, and that possibly could have been just through uh, maybe a couple of sort of podcast related purchases. Being honest, so he went up from sixty five to seventy five pounds. Marvin Laria, he scored a sixty six, which is uh, pretty good. And he has increased in value from £60 to just under £70. And he's still quite widely available um, and probably still good value even this week to pick up. So some of the players, as we know, you know, last week was the week that they'll was the week to get them. And I would suggest that anybody that is listening to this, maybe, you know, 
So this is the 13th of April today, but if anybody's listening to this, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, don't necessarily look at those players because they might have gone and spiked in value due to either a good performance, if I've predicted well, or the fact that the market has been slightly affected just by recommendation from, you know, from myself. Um, number four was Brendan hines who didn't have a game, and incidentally, his values doubled, so didn't even have to play. Um, but again, he was coming in so cheap and has been playing, at, I think he's been playing primarily centre-back, which they have been scoring better than the full-backs, as I mentioned last week, with the exception of the, the sort of elite guys, you know, your Quadrados, Robbo, um, Trent, these kind of guys. Um, and the final one was from Querataro, which was Sakira. And Sakira rattled in a 45, I think it was Monday night, he was very tail end of the game week, so he, he rattled in a 45 score. And... He has went up in value from 110 to 140. So, just looking at that, just to, you know, to do a, a sort of rough sum, if you'd bought all five last week, uh, then you're talking about 390, 400 pounds that it would have cost you to buy those five players. And if you were to sell them today, you're looking at 570, 580. And that's the way that you know that's the way I trade. And as you as you know, Chris, I know that you do you do the same. Yeah, but ultimately, you know, I, I'm very fast approaching. It might be next week that I will have completed my one thousandth trade. <laughs> now, <laughs> being the style that I am, I uh, I do keep them all very sadly, and it's true that I do on a on a spreadsheet. But however, that spreadsheet right now is telling me that you know there's been over ten thousand pounds in cash profit that has been almost fully released to my bank account. And ultimately, there's a thirty-two thousand pounds player trading profit that I can, you know, that I can kind of provide examples of that I hope to do sort of a feature on the website or something at a future date. Yeah, but it just goes to show you that if I can do it, then there's no reason anybody else can't do it as well. So that's my five players from last week. What about yours? Well, all five started, which was um, as as I thought. Um, the first one was Valdo, and I, I've had quite a few messages from people saying they wish they'd actually picked him up at the point zero three. Um, he jumped up to point zero five four. I did notice somebody had pumped one up about point four zero four nine earlier in the day, um, but that one sold quite quickly. He scored sixty six. Now I was actually watching that game because I was up early doors and I wasn't feeling great. He. Um, they were on for a clean sheet and it was the last kick of the ball, 97th minute um, that Gamba scored. And he was on a 90. And I had him in the, uh, was it the, oh, which league was it now? I think it was the underdog league. Yeah, it was the underdog league. Um, I had him in there and he was my captain. So he was sitting on 135 points for me. And um, that last second goal took him down to 66, which was worth about 90 odds. So yeah, 66 points. He went from uh, 83 quid to 136 quid. Um, so a 50 pound profit from one game. Almost 100%, not far off of it. Um, then we had uh, Tashiro. Uh, he scored 43. He jumped up 20 quid in price. Uh, Tashima, now he did have a tough game, but I thought he'd have a better game than, um, for himself. Only scored 35, and um, he actually went down £9, but it's back up again above where it was last week at this time. Um, Izumi, he scored 44, but he went up £51. He's gone from £106 to £157. And then Yusuke Segawa, 
um, who I actually bought this morning in limited form, so I now have limited and rare. Um, he uh, scored 50 points. He had five key passes in that game. Uh, no goals for uh, from his teammates, but he had five key passes, which I thought was quite impressive. Uh, 50 points, uh, 0. 0.05. He went up to 0. 0.057, so that was a 20-quid profit on him. Um, I Incidentally, I actually sold mine and ended up regretting it and picking them back up again. Um, so, yeah, four out of the five increased in price, and every one of them started. So um, with that, I'll slide on with, uh, with mine, whilst I've still got a little bit of voice left. And uh, so the five to watch for game week 262. Um, so I tried to keep this under 0.05, um, but my very first one is slightly higher. Now, this is one that I'd recommended in a threshold video some time ago. And um, it was when I noticed he'd moved club. So it was Marco uh, Vassina. Now, he went on loan to Luzerne in the Swiss League. Um, he was going to be out for allegedly six or seven weeks. He missed one game. And he came back and his price had plunged to 0 0.03 because of the, the news that he was going to be out for several weeks. Um, now, he's still set at 0 0.055. They've got seven games left in their season. Since he came back, he had a goal last week and at the weekend just passed, he had an assist. So he's had two decisives and back-to-back. Um, so on loan from Oostend, so you don't have to worry about the, the relegation aspect from the Swiss League. And they're at home this weekend to St Gallen. Player number two is uh, an elder statesman, but like a uh, bit like myself, um, Leo Silva, defensive midfielder from Nagoya, thirty-six-year-old Brazilian. But the J League does love a good Brazilian, and um, he started every game this season so far. He's been pretty consistent. Last five of fifty-one. Um, they're away to Kashima, uh, uh, Kashima Antlers. Now they, uh, that's my handwriting. It's Kashima Antlers. Uh, zero point zero three four um, was his price. So you're looking. What's that about? Not even 80 quid um, for a starting centre mid that's getting you 50 points plus. Um, number three, another European based player, uh, Cosmas Gizos, uh, captain for uh, Austria Klagenfurt. We all know that I'm a fan of the Austrian league. Um, he's their captain. He missed the first two thirds of the season um, through uh, injury. It was a, a ligament tear. Uh, but he's played every minute of the last eight games since he returned from injury. His last five has been 53, and they've still got six games left in their season. 0 0.03 uh, for him. Now, that might be cheap just now, but if he keeps up that average heading into the end of the season, when the new season starts to tick around, you know, when people start to buy again in June and July, a high average could definitely help that price spike come June and July. And they're away to Wolfsburger this weekend. Number four is Juan Alano, a 25-year-old Brazilian, again in the J-League. Um, right midfielder, missed the first three games of the season uh, through injury, and then had a couple of sub-appearances, but he started the last three. He's had one assist in those. He's sitting at 0 0.05, and I actually think that's quite cheap um, for him. They're at home to uh, Nagoya uh, this weekend, and um, I could see his price going up quite a bit still. Um and finally, uh, Kita Nakamura, 28-year-old right midfielder from Kashiwa Resol, uh, played all eight games this season, six starts, two subs, started the last uh, three games, two assists, and they are at home to Kyoto Sanga at 0 0.038. So I tried to keep them all in the same sort of budget price range that we did last week. Um, and I've got enough there that if you did want to just buy, you know, four of those players, if you can get your striker, and then you could fill out the squad. Last week's uh, best combination 
with uh, the bonuses and a common goalkeeper having a you know a twenty or twenty five point game, could have hit the higher ETH for that sort of price money, uh, price point. Sorry. So uh, yeah, I'll pass back over to you, Russ, and we can get your five uh, to watch. Yeah, I just had a you know I had a look at it again just based on from last week, and I'm kind of sticking to the same the same theme. Um, I keep a a really close eye on the Americas leagues, as you as you know. Um, You've got a few clubs that are that are doing really well at the moment. So Philadelphia um, are leading the East, and over on the West, both the LA teams are uh, are, are riding kind of high, along with uh, Salt Lake just behind them. I've tried to uh, maintain the zero point zero five zero sort of ETH so that it's uh, affordable for for hopefully all of our listeners. So I've looked at looked at that. Um, I've also looked at the fixtures as well in relation to who who the teams are playing. So over in America, you know, you've got teams that are that aren't in good form at the moment. So Vancouver's not in form, and the earthquakes are sitting sitting bottom as well. Uh, Miami, uh, dreadful. Um, it's surely only surely only a matter of time before Mister Beckham gives Phil Neville the the bullet. Um, it has to be surely. I mean, that's. I mean, it's quite clear the Neville brothers should be nowhere near management. I think that's very well established. Well, do you know what? I just I was having a look at it, and one of the things that I didn't actually know was that Phil Neville's son Harvey actually plays for their second string. Um, now Neville's had he's been in charge for forty games, and he's got a thirty-two percent win rate. But, but but you've got to take into consideration the kind of sort of the money that's been pumped into that club um, as, as well over the course of the time. I, I just think it's absolutely dreadful for them to be sitting so, you know, so badly sort of adrift already. So I've looked at that and again, I'm looking and it's um, Seattle Sounders uh, that have got them this weekend and Seattle's at home. So that's in uh, that's in my team. So the five players that, that, that I have, I've got player number one is a split new player to Serea and he's part of the new Chilean team, the Cruzados. So it's uh, Catalica, if you're looking at them um, on Serea, that they'll come under. And it's Branco Ampuero. Now, he's he's actually coming in just when I looked, before we started recording the podcast, he's increased ever so slightly in price. So he's just over the 0.05, just by a couple However, he's a centre-back, he's contracted until next year, and his last 15 average uh, is coming in round about 53. He's going to be one of these players that there are only, I think, four, possibly five minted at the moment. So it's going to be quite unique if you can manage to snap one up. It's going to probably primarily be via the auction that you get him. Um, so whether you can get him for this weekend or not, um, well, you'll just have to wait and see. I'm not sure how many are listed at the moment. However, definitely a player that I think is going to maintain green green scores and occasionally get the decisives for high green scores. So that was player number one. Player number two plays for the Seattle Sounders, like I mentioned, and because they're playing Miami, um, he comes in at 0.035 ETH, which is roughly about £80 at the moment, and it's Kellyan Rowe. Now, he's not the most glamorous of footballers. He plays in the midfield. However, he has played all 10 of their games um, across both the domestic and their Champions sort of league exploits this season. So, yeah, he's played uh, 10, 10 out of 10, and he's coming in at that price. 
Um, I think he's pretty pretty decent value to have a look at. Player number three is left winger, Uruguayan, and his name's Brian Lozano. Now, he plays for Santos Laguna. He's coming in at 0.045 at the moment. Their next three games are against second and third bottom of the league. Um, they're also playing seventh in the league. However, they're only four points behind seventh. So I think that should be probably quite a close game. But it's the two games against the sort of the, the, the bottom teams that I'm thinking he, you know, he could in theory be one of these sort of players that we're using here as an element of a flip. Now, Mexico, uh, they have two stages to their league. The uh, the Apertura, which is the, the opening, and then the, the Closera, which we're in the process of at the moment. Um, however, if Laguna um, move up, I think it's two places, they will then go into the playoffs, which will give them the extra games. Uh, so that, I think he's, you know, he's looking quite good. He's had nine decisive scores over the past year as well. So, he's you know, he's, he's involved in goals or, or assists. So I think he's quite good value and my recommendation would be it's probably not a long-term hold that one. It's a case of buy him in at 0.045. He has a couple of good games and you maybe sell him for 0.07. Make a little bit of money that allows you to buy into maybe one or two other players. Player number four won't be available until the 5th of May. However, it sounds as though it's, uh, sounds as though it's probably your favourite night out in Thailand or something, Chris. His name's Rim Chang Wu. So I'm not really sure. Um, not not really of, sure too much about him. I, I'll be honest. I don't, massive, actually. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a massive background uh, around the player. If I'm being perfectly honest, however, what he does have is he's got some pretty good scores. He's coming in zero point zero four nine um, with a last fifty, uh, a last fifteen, sorry, of fifty three, and he plays for Gang One. Now, as I say, you're going to have to sit on him for a couple of weeks. However, he's a centre back. And the centre-backs, as I've said before, are scoring better than the full-backs at the moment. And I think he's probably quite quite good value there. They, incidentally, are also only at, I believe, it's, I think it's game week 10 of 33. So there's a lot of utility and usage for Rim Chang Wu. My final player is one I actually have. I've got a couple of them, I have to confess, in my gallery. And his name is Fumiya Yunoki. And it's a player that I spotted a couple of weeks ago, and I actually forgot to probably mention him to you, Chris, um, those weeks back, given that we've obviously got a few uh, Kashiwa Resol players in our galleries. We both do. And he has been loitering around the bench, but without getting any game time. And he's now just been unleashed. Now, I think he's only 18 or 19. He is coming in as a sort of last sale guide price at 0.025 to 0.03. Now, there are some on the market at the moment and the cheapest one has now been listed at 0.05. Um, he's available, and this is the beauty of it, he's available as a midfielder or a forward. Now, for me, it's the forward one that interests me more because of the, the lack of forwards that are available at a decent sort of budget price. However, as a midfielder, if you're one of those short in your gallery, then I think he's an ideal pickup. Resol, as we know, are flying high at the moment. They're sitting fourth in the league. Yunoki uh, scored today against Sagan Tosu in the, in the J-League Cup. So he scored and he came on uh, for half an hour against, I think, was it Kawasaki they played last week? It was, it was yeah. Yeah. So he came on 
Yeah, he came on for half an hour. He's come through their youth system, um, and he's, he's so obscure. There's not even a picture of him on the uh, transfer market, which is quite unusual. Harsh. So, yeah, I've had a, had a look at him, and one of the things that was quite interesting was that the manager at Race All at the moment seems to be playing a lot of younger players, which I find quite exciting. Now, the manager there is a chap called Nelsinho Baptista. Now, he's a, he's, he's a pensioner, and he's a, he's a severe pensioner. He's, you know, I think he's 72-year-old Brazilian. And wait for this. He has managed 34 different managerial spells which I think in total was 26 or 27 clubs he has managed in his career. He um, obviously being Brazilian, he's managed in Brazil and he's spent a lot of time over in the, the J-League as well. But it seems to be every time that the Corinthians are struggling, he goes back and helps them because he's managed there four times. And he's managed, I think, a couple of times at Grampus when they were called Grampus 8. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be really uh, favourable for the youth at the moment. Race all, I think, were promoted, I think, was it a couple of seasons ago, maybe from the, the, the J-League, um, the second division in the, uh, Japan. So I've got really high hopes that Yunoki is going to get lots of opportunities. He's coming in cheapest chips. Just to put it into context, uh, I bought Koga, you know, for 0.0, I think it was 4.5, six, seven months ago, when he was just a young player that was really looking to probably break fully into the first team. And I sold Koga, I think it was last week, for 0.028. Uh, 0.28, sorry. Yeah. You know, So just to give you an idea there that I think Yunoki could go this, the same way. So that's my five. We'll obviously see how four out of the five do this coming weekend. Um, poor Rim won't be, won't be in action, unless with you, Chris. Um, <laughs> however... Just read... I don't even have the energy to come back with something wet. Well, that's that's why I'm picking on you because I, you don't I, have I appreciate the that. I appreciate that. You've, I mean, just, you've just recovered from being recover. all down last week in the derby, which well, yes. come back. Oh, that was that was what I was going to mention uh, just before we were headed off. Obviously, last week we went into a fair bit of uh, Dundee chat and um, for the derby, and uh, man, I was sitting there watching the game and I was like, I just can't see where we're getting the goal from. And um, all of a sudden we got two in 57 playing seconds. <laughs> and it was like, okay, that'll do. And then both chances, I mean, to be honest, if you have watched any of the highlights or you're watching the game through nefarious means or you were at the game, it was a genuine Good, well, great advert for the Scottish game. It was end to end. Both teams had chances to win the game in the end. Um, you know, I think Dundee had more chances, surprisingly. But yeah, yeah. I mean, God Almighty, I I would personally say all four goals were goalkeeping errors. Um, I think Seagrest was underneath the first one for Dundee, um, and the second one was completely deceived by. You know, yeah, it was it was a shot from distance, but. You'd expect, especially a keeper of his caliber, to have done better. I expected nothing more from Ian Lawler than a, a Superman punch attempt that wasn't about sixteen yards away from the ball for the first goal, and um, the second one. I mean, obviously Mulgrew's known for doing that kind of thing, yeah. and the two Charlies were great goals. To, to position himself where he did. I mean, I, the, the guy's abysmal. He's the worst goalkeeper I've seen for Dundee 
in 35 years of following Dundee. Awful. Just oh, And I've seen Kelvin Jack live. It's, you forget about Schenk. I, I would include Schenk in that. I'd include Schenk in that. At least, you know, not. Uh, Ian Lawler, it's every single week. And why the young, the young 18-year-old hasn't been back in the goal again baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. So, yeah, no, I was, uh, I was, I was astonished that we got there. Uh, back to the 2-2 from uh, 2-0 down. I was looking... I wasn't looking forward to coming on here with humble pie and having to take my lumps, but we got back to 2-2. There seems to be a bit of fight in the team. Um, Celtic did us a massive turn. We're hitting St. Johnston for seven. It's brought the goal difference from a a 12 difference to only five now. Um, And there's only five points in it. So it's not as as horrific as it was. And we play them not Saturday coming, but next Saturday at Dens. They've put on, you know, ticket packages for the two home games after the split. Um, 25 quid for adults and that covers you for both games and uh, I'm hoping that we can get the back in at those games and we can pull ourselves out of the mess I don't think we'll get any higher than 11th however we do have Aberdeen to play um, the following week after St Johnston and if we can get a wee bit of momentum going you don't know what could happen We would say, the year that we went down we've got Livingston on the last day of the season and in 2005 we were relegated at Livingston, when they played a Gardner, allegedly. Um, uh, Hassan Kashlul, they played them as a Gardner. And um, the uh, that kind of went through my mind. But United were rock bottom that season. Absolutely rock bottom and ready to go down. And when the split happened, they just found form and I think maybe got 12 out of 15 points, pulled themselves off the bottom of the league. And it was us that went down on the last day. So I could see, I, I could, I could see Dundee doing it. It'll be tough going. Um, I would, I would, I would take our growth in the playoff finals. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but your boys, obviously, top six, challenging for Europe, which I think with the yeah. novice managers, quite, uh, quite impressive. Yeah, just to just to summarise, I obviously don't want to go too too deeply into the, the, the Dundee clubs again. But yeah, it was a it was a fair, first and foremost, I thought it was a fair result at two 0 up uh, in the derby. I really did think, and you know, I was there with my family. I took the wife and the two kids and. Uh, one of the managers uh, I mentioned last week, uh, Calvin Godfrey Goat, came along. So it was a good day to go 2 0 up. Um, obviously, Mulgrew's goal was, as I said, the two Charlie's goals were pick, the, the goals pick for me, certainly for both teams. But uh, yeah, we finished four, well, we're finished sort of fourth at the, at the split stage. We've now got the, you know, the, the, the run in to go. It's probably going to be quite, um, it's probably going to be quite tricky for us, but. The big games, obviously, for us are, 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 are not against the old firm as to trying to take points there. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. And I think it will be, be an interesting run-in. So we'll keep people up to date with our our team's, uh, you know, follies <laughs> as the season goes. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, I, the last thing just before we go, massive thanks to everybody and the, the support with the pod so far. Um, it has been, you know, we've, we've both had countless messages about, you know, and mostly positive. I don't think I've not had any real negative ones. Um, you know, hopefully we're giving you guys content that, as we've talked about from day one, is is relatable. Um, a lot of the comments we've had is just, you know, it sounds really conversational, and that's because it is. I mean, we used to, if we go back six, seven months ago, we would be having hour-long phone calls at night just about <laughs> football and surveyor and stuff, and um, it was every night. I remember sitting in the garden every night. I'd come home on the blower and speak for an hour and then it, it, we've, we've, life's got in the way the last five or six months 
And um, so this is our our long phone call to each other now. That's the way I'm kind of viewing it. Yeah, we've got bullet points of what we want to talk about, but this is just us chatting. And um, I think that hopefully comes over and I'm hoping that it's given everybody some good content and uh, some food for thought. Um, If you haven't done, please follow the Twitter page at AVFTDpod. And um, we will be looking to do uh, a giveaway on there um, soon. Um, so follow on there and you'll get any news of upcoming uh, upcoming giveaways. Also, you'll get the details of all the players that we've recommended in the videos there as well. Um, do you have anything to add before we sign off? Not really. Just a, just a big thanks for all the support and things like that. Um, we, we, I think we know ourselves. We're, um, we're fine-tuning this as, as the weeks go by. We're um, trying to first and foremost at least give sort of player recommendations. You'll find some of them in our galleries, some of them not in our galleries. That might be just quite simply because we don't have any spare ETH at the time. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we're you know we're trying to give recommendations that we think will make managers money, help you increase the liquidity of your galleries. Like like Chris said, um, had quite a lot of positive feedback, etc. We're aware that um, you know our Scottish dulcet tones might be slightly hard to understand sometimes. Um, so yeah, we 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 apologise. Sorry, but not sorry. Kind of yeah, one there, but yeah, we're really appreciative of, of of all the sort of support and things that we've uh, we've been given. And yeah, basically, it's just a case of uh, we hope to uh, we hope to have you tuning in all again next week. Absolutely. Um, my last apology is if you've had any sniffing or anything like that through the course of this podcast, I am absolutely ill and I can't wait to uh, sign off here and get back to my bed. Um, but yeah, thank you all uh, again. We'll speak to you all next week and take care and enjoy your game week.